Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, Cece. Good evening, Gary. Good evening, Cece. That was a delayed reaction. And welcome all to our weekly podcast, The Current View with the Idle of Hillsborough at Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening to the free first half on Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via Apple or become a Patreon. And the easiest way to become a patron is click on to patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Current View or on Facebook, The Current View, and we also have a group. Thanks so much for your support. It really is appreciated. How are you, mate? Yes, I agree with you, what you're just saying there, Gabby. And uh, I need you to start um, sharing that on my site for people to, who, who want to uh, join it. I keep putting it on the uh, yeah. y- y- the socials. Yep, yeah, it's it's out and about. Um, Is it on my private one? Yeah, I put not it on. Private, I yeah. can't, yeah. I can link you in, um, but I, I put it onto the current view, onto the group, and onto Terry Curran's official uh, Facebook right. pages as well. Good, um, you know that that let people know if they want to if they want to join it. How much is it, Gabby, to join? You can get four. Given that that some weeks there's four. Uh, podcast some weeks there's five so you get a bare minimum of four, of four podcasts the current view every week and you also get my life my music with alan hudson which is a monthly podcast great and that's value five pound a month to listen to two superstars talking oh. about football then and <laughs> now Brilliant, great value, great value. What also was great value was some of the Magic Moments TC this week. So what have you sourced for us? Now, the Magic Moment, you wouldn't have seen it. There was a there was an amateur team, an absolute, but I forgot what team it was and who scored the goal. It's an unbelievable, believable goal, Gabby. Where did you, you know? find it from? Well, it, it came on my wall. Got it came, not on my wall, on, yeah, on the news on the wall. Yeah, got yeah. And I went... Wow, and I thought I'm going to save that. Yeah. So I ran out, uh, and um, when I got back, I had to take Jock out training. Yeah. So I completely forgot all about it. I'm going to get it. And I should put it on tomorrow, and I'll, and I'll link it into everyone. But again, there's that. There's that many. There's that many. I wanted to put that on because it, it was a goal scored by an amateur player. Yeah. You know, it, you know, absolutely unbelievable goal. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. You know, even Messi and Ronaldo, that's how good it was. If they'd have scored it, they'd have been talking about it wow. for a long time. But uh, I like the goal, what uh, the young lad scored at uh, Arsenal. I mean, yep. they're playing exceptionally well. What's his name again? Emil Smith-Rowe. Emil Smith-Rowe. He what a player. Good yeah, great player. You know, what a player. But uh, the, the, the movement, the off-the-ball movement, the, the passing, the tensity of the passing and the tempo of the passing, you know, it's absolutely unbelievable. Yet, we know, you know as well as I do, they're not the great greatest Arsenal team. 
but they are going to be a very, very, very good team. And yeah. when they get a bit more money in there, or the, or the owner decide to spend a little bit better money on better quality players to add to them, they're going to be a force for Arsenal. Yeah, they've got a decent manager. You've always uh, stood by him. I like Arteta. I think he's building and Arsenal are reaping the benefits now of standing by their man. As others, we're going to be talking about the sack game a little bit uh, later in the podcast, TC. Was there yes. anything else? Because I, I do like watching Arsenal. I'm a big fan of Emil Smith-Rowe and a big fan of Saka too. There's that, there's that many, but I, you like to pick two or three. I like to put the emphasis yep. on, on one. I've got to put that on and link it yep. tomorrow. Because after this, I'm going out. But I'm definitely going to link that up. And when you see that goal, Gabby, you'll yep. take your breath away. I certainly will do, because there was lots that took me breath away. I'll tell you who took me breath away last night. And it was great to see Jimenez back. I mean, what a goal. It was a lovely little dink over the goalkeeper. Um, and, and, and a nice 2-0 win for Wolves. Wolves are flying. They've turned a corner. Everton are sinking at the moment, aren't they? They are sinking. And without being uh, disrespectful to the man, because, yes, He's won a Champions League and he's won a league in Spain, Benitez. But me, both me and you have never liked the way how his teams play football. No. I mean, he hasn't spent all that money at Everton. There's been two previous managers what spent it. Mm. You know, I mean, you're looking at 30, 30, 27, 25, 40 million pound players. Everton are one of the most boring teams to watch under Rafael Benitez. Mm. You know, I'm not a massive fan of Italian coaching, but I do like the the, the Italian manager um, Mancini. Yeah, he's just trying to play attacking football. Yeah, but uh, Everton to me will struggle. They're, they're never going to get in the top four with Rafael Benitez. And he, everybody goes on. When the what about players complaining and making excuses? Whatever he's been, Benitez has always made the excuses. You know, the board don't give him any money. They don't do this. His football. Is so boring to watch. And I don't mean that to be nasty to him. Because again, like, I don't know him. He might be a lovely, lovely man. But I, I don't like watching the way how they play. I was out last night because obviously we Janet been ill yeah. like she is. I spent a bit of time up there last night. Yeah. So I didn't see the game. But uh, there's a lot of reaction from the Everton fans. You know, even them, now are trying to blame. I mean, what, what I will say about this manager, he has put money into, into Everton. But they're nowhere near, nowhere near. They're mm. light years away from, from winning a, a league title or getting into the top four. The only thing I can blame them for is the managers that they appoint. Yep. You know, the, the same type of managers they appoint. Yeah. I mean, what I will say about David Moyes, because he was the first one with negative football under West Ham the second time round. His team look a different team. Yeah. They get it down, play mm. it. Yeah. You know, he's talking about, you know, uh, Antonio, we want him doing the damage up front. Not, not coming back and helping. So he's changed his philosophy on football. And it's brilliant because West Ham are playing some fantastic stuff at this moment in time. But like I say, uh, Everton are struggling and they will struggle even more. So Benitez weren't the man for the job. No, absolutely. And when you look at, you're right, the last few managers at Everton, they have spent an absolute fortune. And you look at them and they they look like a car crash. That defence is all over the place. And I look at Everton, I just think, well, I, I, cannot, I cannot see where you've spent the money. Uh, but Arsenal spent their money wisely on a goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale. And it looks as though he could be England's first choice. Made some tremendous saves for Arsenal in that game at Leicester City. And uh, 
even the Leicester City supporters were trolling him, weren't they? You'll never play for England. And he was joining in. So the kid's got a big pair between his legs and he's got yeah. a sense of humour as well. But, really? um, you know, when, sense of humour and character. Absolutely, yeah. And it'll take him a long way. And the, the kid deserves his chance. You know, in, in games, bygone games, when Arsenal have had uh, goalkeepers, not the likes of David Seaman or Jans Lehmann, they've always had good goalkeepers, but just of late, the goalkeepers have really been flaky to say the least, and, and that would have been a game with one of the flaky Arsenal goalkeepers, that Arsenal would have would have drew that game or, or perhaps lost it, but uh, well done Aaron Ransdale and the one save yeah, he made great, was world class. Yeah, great, great, great points, mm. but they've been flaky in defence, haven't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, you know, it started, yeah. it started yeah. when the, 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 the Arsenal great team up went unbeaten. Mm. You know, it started, it started to go downhill a little bit. They didn't replace the better quality players. You know, it's like anything else. I like to attack, I like to watch attacking football. Yeah. You like watching attacking football. Yep. But at the same time, you've got to have defenders what can defend Gabby. Absolutely, yeah. not not have two old midfield players because it it leaves you short in other areas going forward. Of course, it does. One old midfield player, mm. what can break it up? Get it, give it. I mean, people you used to say about John McGovern, what you know, what did Clough see John McGovern? What Clough saw in John McGovern was this. He was the best at this. He used to say to him, young man. Get the ball, you can't play football, and give it to Robertson, Curran, or O'Neill, whoever's in the team who can play football. Yeah, and he did that better than anybody else mm. because you get the other players, Gabby. What they do, they want to hit a Glen Hoddle 30 or 40 yard passes. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, on a Stephen Gerrard 30 or 40 yard pass. You know, the only time when you need to do that is when it's giving you the advantage and isolating the opposition. Yeah, you know. So they've got to get the balance right. So I'm, I'm, I'm right, with you, right behind you on that with the goalkeeper, Ramsdale. Arsenal are looking terrific. Uh, they're a long way to go still. But I've said all along, I'll stick by it. I can see that uh, Arteta, his philosophy on the game, uh, the way his team play. Uh, they've had a couple of bad results early on in the season. But I, whether he'd have got sacky about Arsenal or not, for me, Arteta will finish up one of the best managers, not only in this country, in the world. Yeah. And Conor Gallagher, what a performance, what a composed strike, uh, an amazing win at, at Manchester City. But not the first time that Palace have come away from the Etihad with uh, with three points. Yeah, well, if you remember the goal two seasons ago, what um, Townsend yeah. got, yeah, you know. Oh, that unbelievable strike, Holly, well, wouldn't it? Yeah, well done. You know, uh, he's gone to Weber. They set off quite iffy, did uh, Palace and everybody were jumping on his back. Yes, they were. You know, yeah. you know mm. they don't give them time, some of these some of these managers, and they look a difficult team to beat. And what a great move to play Sahar uh, yeah. through the middle. He can yeah. go left, he can go right. He's got pace. He'll get more goals by doing that. Yep. I guarantee you, he'll get more goals by doing that. Great performance, great goal, and you know, and somebody like Patrick Vieira, I want to do well because I want to see a right, attractive football, and he'll play that way. Absolutely, and the so-called experts 
the uh, the woke brigade when he come in. Oh, you can't play football, or that you'll be too open, you'll be too exposed. He'll be sacked by Christmas. <laughs> Tell you what, the way he's going, he might be top of the league by Christmas. <laughs> you know, so, superb and well done, Patrick. And he's got um, the young man Aze to come back as well. I mean, Aze and uh, Conor Gallagher, two terrific young English midfield players. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I really hope. And, and I I look at Palace now. Palace are on the telly. I'll watch Palace because I think they're an entertaining side to watch. I think they've got great fans as well. I thought we've had some great quality midfield players what's never got into the England squad. Yeah. You know, and I know we go on and on and on, but they were great players, Utsun and the Curries of this world, mm-hmm. Istanbul. They were fantastic. I have never, ever in my life seen a bunch of midfield players like we have got. At yeah, this we've moment got some great time. players, haven't we? <laughs> You know, if we, if we can get the right manager to get it, to get the balance right, yeah, we'll we'll win a World Cup and win a European Championship. It's got they've got to get down. They've got to get down to getting the right manager. What's going to make tough decisions? Yeah, right. Are playing players and not leaving quality players out because it's easy to leave them out mm. and get the right balance right. Because why have we got some quality players? Absolutely, so so moving on to Book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. Uh, first book is one of my picks. We were talking about midfield players and uh, one of the great midfield players of the 70s, Kenny Hibbett. Uh, his book, Seasons of My Life, with Tim Nash. And I had the great fortune of uh, doing a podcast with uh, Kenny this week uh, regarding the game in 1977, we looked back, took a trip down memory lane and remembered when Wolverhampton Wanderers went to Bolton and beat them 1-0. Sadly for Reedy and Bolton, and Greaves, etc. It prevented them from going up. They did get promoted the season after, I believe. But uh, they didn't get promoted that season. Kenny Ibbett's goal promoted Nottingham Forest and you enjoyed a right little jolly in Spain. So, And also, there's a, there's a bar... In um, in Wollaston, the Britannia Sports Bar, 75 High Street, Wollaston. They're doing a Wolves tribute night in January with uh, with Kenny, with uh, Willie Carr, Steve Daly and John Richards. So that'll be absolutely Brilliant. fantastic. Great players in Wolves team. Yeah, that. yeah, great. That was a, that was another great team, Bolton, but uh, Wolves, I should say. But like I said, I've always told you that season when Wolves won the championship. Yeah. Uh, and we will we scraped up Chelsea went up I didn't I didn't realise Chelsea had gone up or yeah, I forgot Chelsea, Chelsea did, yeah. got up because you reminded me yeah but Bolton were the best footballing team uh, they got one or two injuries at the wrong time but they, that Bolton was a great team so and like you said uh, that goal and everything about that game the goalkeeper getting up, going off injured mm. we were up in the air we playing going to uh, Calamalo Spain. Or Torremolinos, one of those, one of those two places. Uh, when we got to find out that you know Wolves had beat Bolton and we got promoted, so great result for, for, for Nottingham Forest. And if that, if we don't go up that year. Who's to say that Brian Clough would have won what he did at Nottingham Forest? Absolutely. It's, you know, it, small margins and fine margins, and it did change the direction of travel, literally, for Nottingham the Forest. Time, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But that season, 76-77, Wolves won it on 57 points, Chelsea second on 55, Forest third 
promoted because we didn't have playoffs back in them days, kids. When you come third, you got promoted. I think, as we spoke about on the podcast last week, two up, two down. Let's go back to that. But it was three up, three down before playoffs. Bolton finished fourth on 51, a point behind uh, Nottingham Forest. Now, the season after, 77-78, Forest absolutely smashed the league from coming third. They... 42 games, 125, drew 14 and lost only three in their first full season. Uh, 64 points. Liverpool come second on 57. That is just an incredible Incredible. Feat. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Losing just three, TC. You know, when, when you look at the achievements, what Brian Clough did, yeah. not only with Nottingham Forest, Derby, Two teams what were down near the bottom of the old championship, second division as it, as it was in our day. To, to achieve that, what he did, he did same. I mean, it it wouldn't be a little uh, with a little bit more luck with the was it on goal difference or probably a point when when Derby beat Leeds. But like you said, Forest to beat Liverpool with seven points in the first full season when Liverpool was at the pinnacle. Absolutely. Career, weren't you? you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because Liverpool were uh, defending European champions as well, wasn't they? Exactly. <laughs> Liverpool come out the out first for uh, for Nottingham Forest, but uh, unbelievably, you know, I'm looking down here at, at the uh, at the league table. Coventry City were second top goal scorers. Everton were top goal scorers with 76 goals. Coventry finished seven, and they scored 75 goals. Yeah. Well. Don't forget, in those days, there was a lot more attacking football. Absolutely, Forest only you conceded twenty-four. Now, what, what's happened? What's happened now? Nowadays, is the Premier League's opened up to to, to real great players from from all over the world, mm-hmm. and people have gone more defensive-minded. You know, and uh, so majority of games are so boring to watch, aren't they? Yeah. You know, so when you look at Conte getting the goals, what they did. Yet conceding, that's what we're talking about, getting the balance right. You Absolutely. have to get that balance right. Yeah. Yeah, no, fantastic. And and I am right, it was the season after. Bolton finishing fourth on 51 points that season. Topped the pile the season after uh, with 58 points. Uh, Southampton went up with them, as did Tottenham Hotspur. I, I love looking at old uh, well, that league was the tables. Well, that the season I joined Southampton then. Uh, yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? Uh, 77, 78. When, when did you join Southampton? Can you remember? You played... Well, 78, 78. Um, I, I joined Sheffield Wednesday, 79. So it was obviously 78. Yeah. Is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we they, that, was a, that was their first season. Yeah. Back in the old first division. We finished mid-table. We got to a quarter-final of the... Um, FA Cup. Yeah. We got to the final to be, to be beaten by, again, Nottingham Forest uh, in the final. And I joined Sheffield Wednesday uh, on that transfer deadline yeah. of that season. Yeah. Yeah, love so looking at the league tables. Yeah. Uh, Granddad, grand what was football like in the 70s? Again, the league tables are all in the back of that book, as they are with the 60s and the 80s. Uh, and, and I... Uh, 
I love having books like that because they're great for research, great for looking at the table. Where did you finish whatever season from the 60s through the 70s to the 80s? So, yeah, well done, uh, Kenny. Well done to the Wolves, boys. Thanks, Kenny, for your time. And uh, check out that tribute night in January, guys. It's going to be a date not to miss. Uh, Second up on Book Corner. By the way, me and Andy doing part two of Book Corner on Thursday. So that should come out this week as well where we take a look at books uh, that Andy recommends and books that have been sent to him and recommendations that have been sent to him and, and to us as well. And we sit down for about an hour or an hour and a half just talking football books. And I thought this one is... Um, It's topical because it's the early years of the FA Cup, how the British Army helped establish the world's first football tournament by James W. Bancroft. And on Sunday, Sheffield Wednesday are playing in the first round of the FA Cup. Tricky game. You've got Plymouth. I'll get your reaction and I'll get your prediction later on at the end of the podcast, TC. But that, in old money, would be a banana skin but Plymouth are flying high. Are they going to make changes? It really is a bugbear of mine. Brilliant. Uh, and I want to promote a little book what I've just bought um, from, by a guy called Michael Grimes. Okay. He's a Londoner and he's writing, and the book's called uh, From Saint to Druids, A Discovery of Welsh Football. Right. And he's a, London, he's a Londoner uh, and he's gone in deep into the... Uh, football uh, of Welsh history of Welsh football history so I've just bought it, I'm going to uh, start reading it tonight when I go to bed so I'd like to give that a little mention and it's a guy by uh, Michael Grimes uh, and the book's called From Saints to Druids A Discovery of Welsh Football and it's by a Londoner, can you believe that? Yeah, he must have Welsh connections somewhere or he might just be a footballist Dorian that's just fascinated by a story, then you look and you start digging and delving and you think, blimey, that's even bigger and better than I thought. I'm going to write a book about this. It's incredible. But, you know, there's so many great books out there and historic books. And how many pages is it? Is it a thick one, 250, 500? How long do you reckon it'll take you to read it, TC? Uh, I'll read it. It'll probably be this week to read it because once I start reading Every night I'll go. It's what we've got about 150, 65, 165 pages. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a great little book. I'm going to take a photograph it. Uh, I'm going to put, uh, post it on my wall to, tonight because you've got me into um, getting some books now. So I'll start posting some up on my wall when I, when I buy one um, and give these, these, these guys uh, the publicity. That they're not going uh, because obviously uh, all the publishers will go with the big uh, writers and what have you. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating uh, little book. And it, I mean, it starts with why am I doing this? This is a Londoner who supports West Ham United, and then it goes on. He went travelling around the um, the Welsh leagues to watch, you know, Welsh football. Yeah. But I'll get deep into it and I'll find out what was the cause of it all. Superb. And as I say, we have a group that you can put the books in the group, guys, because what I tend to find is going through groups and groups that I'm in, they don't tend to like you promoting books in your work. 
they, they they like you to post pictures and talk about pictures, but lots of groups do seem to yeah. say no publications and and, and yeah. anything like that. But with our group, the current view, and also the yeah. uh, the the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties group that I've got. I just post uh, football memories and books and your work and, and everything because we want to know as much about you as what you want to know about us guys. So if you've got Brilliant. any books out there, as TC says, please post them up and uh, we'll give them a shout and we'll talk yeah. about them in Book Corner as well with Andy. And then the third book that Andy's uh, recommended this week is The Odd Man Out, the fascinating story of Ron Saunders' reign at Aston Villa, uh, written by Graham Denton. manager. Oh, he was, um, he was different gravy. I remember Alan telling me in 1973, Chelsea played Norwich in the League Cup semi-final over two legs, once at uh, Stamford Bridge and then at Carrow Road. And they, they had a scenario at Carrow Road where the fog come down and the game was abandoned. And Saunders went into the dressing room going absolutely ballistic. But he said we couldn't see the bloody ball. In fact, Hudson scored two goals. First time he'd ever scored a brace and the game was abandoned. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, a character. Absolutely. Tough, <clears throat> tough guy. I mean, did he make a mistake by walking out on Aston Villa? You know, because obviously it built that team up, hadn't he? Yeah, he you did, know? yeah. Uh, and there's not many get a chance to win uh, a Champions League. Now, they may not have worried if he'd have stayed there. We don't know, do we? Yeah. It's something we'll never know. But I think he must have regret walking out at the time. I'm guessing that, um, that he probably did. But reading about Ron Saunders, he would never admit to that fact if he did at all um, and it just leads us to an on this day that we do and Andy put this over to me on the 6th of November Ron Saunders was born uh, he's a Liverpoolian he's now in 1932 yes. he took Aston Villa to be league champions for the first time in 71 years and to the brink of European glory when he walked out on the 9th of February 1982 and do you know what? Two weeks later, he joined Birmingham City and his first game against, well, for Birmingham City was against Aston, Aston Villa. Villa. And Peter with the last piece to his jigsaw scored the winning goal at St Andrews and uh, Villa won 1-0. So he was different gravy. And I have done a podcast with Dennis talking about them great days of Aston Villa winning the European Cup. And Ron Saunders is in there an awful lot. In fact, on the Monday night, Dennis had a conversation with Ron and he said, I'll see you tomorrow in training. You never seen him again. Unbelievable, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, when you when you speak, when you speak about uh, Ron Saunders being mm. a Liverpoolian, you wouldn't have thought he was a Liverpoolian, would you? Where no. we spoke. No. And the other, other Liverpoolian, which was a big uh, Villa manager, was Ron Atkinson. I didn't realise he was a Liverpoolian. Well, you know, because I always thought he was Aston. Strictly speaking, Ron, I mean, Ron will tell you. Ron, Ron was born in Liverpool, but he, um, he only stayed three days. Somebody nicked his pram. 
<laughs> that, that's the standard line that Ron rolls out. It rolls out rather. I think his mum must have been um, a, a, a Liverpool lass. Uh, I don't think Freddie's his dad wasn't. His Fred, his dad was a bit of a blue nose. To be fair, uh, he went was down. It? Yeah, he went down Birmingham more than than Villa. And and Ron, his first game was 1946. A game at St Andrews between Birmingham City and Aston Villa. So I mean, Ron is a Villa fan. He got brought up in Lyall. He went to the same. Uh, my dad went to the same school as Ron, and he's a, a tremendous. Well, I mean, he's, he's just a legend, isn't he, Ron Atkinson? But he was brought up in Birmingham. Although strictly speaking, he was born yeah, in Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. But, but I didn't know. I didn't know it was born in Liverpool. Me, I always thought it was a, a Birmingham. One of you his know, a, one a of his uncles, yeah. yeah, one of his I think he was one of his uncles. He had a dairy uh, up by Goodison Park. Yes, yes. And yes. he used to uh, go up there in the school holidays and so on and, and that. But when they had the World Cup in '66, Ron spent a lot of time in uh, Liverpool and he watched a lot of the games at Goodison. Yeah, well, they played there, didn't they? The um, Portuguese and the um, yeah, Japan, not Japanese, North Korean. North Koreans, yeah. Yeah. And also the um, the Hungarians did as well because he was really mm-hmm. uh, very enamored with uh, with with the Hungarian team. Yeah. Yeah. Well they all were to be honest. Yeah. I mean all the all those of that era spoke of them didn't they? Ron Atkinson, Saunders, uh what's I call him, um, Clough, Jack Chow, all of them. Yeah. Don Remy, they're all they're all in awe of that Hungarian. Oh, absolutely. But they, they, they had that Hungarian wonder side in the 50s, but also then in the 60s, 66, they were, they were, um, they were pretty decent in 66 as well, Hungary. Well, I, I, you see, we changed our way of playing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, we get counted by this Hungarian team. And I, I, I think they would have gone through the proceeds of changing it all again mm. up till England winning the World Cup. I mean, they left Jimmy Greaves out for the semi-final. Was it semi-final? He got injured, didn't he? Against the French. Like he could have played yeah. him. Yeah. He could have played him in the semi-final. Mm. I mean, what other manager want to play Jimmy Greaves? As it turned out, it turned out perfect. England won the World Cup. Again, fine margins, isn't it? But mm. did it do us football any good? Because we're the only country, we've won one World Cup, and we've never come close to winning another World Cup, have we? No, but it, it, again... Until, you know... Imagine that though, TC, that England played Germany, got spanked 3-0 in the 66 World Cup final, left out your greatest goal scorer of all time. Ramsey would have been deemed an absolute idiot rather than they knighted him. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah. fine margins And then the first football. match after the World Cup final get beat by Scotland. Yeah, yeah, 67, yeah. And uh, yeah. I made Jim, Jim McCallie, I got a large... Uh, portion of things to say in that game as well, scoring against the uh, the English, which made them, obviously, world champions for uh, <laughs> a certain amount of time. But uh, strange, strange but true. And I checked this out, and it is. Gary Shaw, v Gary Shaw, he was at Shrewsbury yeah, at the, the time, Villa, Villa strike, yeah. scored three goals in 167 seconds in a 4-2 win over Bradford in December 1990. He's not the record, though, is he, for scoring in that trick? No, I don't know who he is. It's not scouting. It's something to do with not scouting. Yeah, I don't know who I don't scored know the fastest. them or somebody playing for them. Yeah, I don't know who scored That's them. Back in my mind, it's, you know... But 160 oh. sec- 167 seconds? I mean, how do, you, how do you score an actually quicker than that, TC? You tell me. I don't know. But it's been beaten. 
Don't yeah. Me. And Shorty said, because I text Shorty just to make sure it was uh, correct. And he said, yeah, I've done it on one leg. To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media or just follow the links in the description. Thank you.